Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest where a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, identity, culture. Was that your Tommy impression? <laughs> what we like to read and who we like to read. Food for thought. Our booties take a licking and keep on ticking. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Calm down, Dennis. Why did we let you do this? You are <laughs> killing me right now. And Tommy is out tonight. That's why I'm introducing the show and we're joined by special guest thought, Christopher Soto, aka Woma. Yes. I am Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer, total scrub, an amateur Tommy Pico imitator. True. <laughs> Dennis, come back to the room. <laughs> Sorry, I am literally crying right now. You have killed me. I am done. Um, and I'm Dennis Norris II, and I'm a reader, writer, former figure skater, and a lover of sparkly rose gold jewelry. Yes. True. I'm Fran. I'm a writer, editor, and I do believe in life after a nine-inch dildo. <laughs> <laughs> Life uh, is a nine-inch dildo. Truly. And I'm Christopher Soto, a.k.a. Loma. I'm a poet, editor, and one of the first Latinos to win the Pulitzer Prize in Poetry. Yes! yes. Aspirational. Dennis, can you tell us what's on the menu this evening? I'm always here for you. So, for today's menu, we play a bonerific game of multiple choice. Mind the murder of thoughts to learn who are the most impure... Declare love for our families of all mm. kinds, and we offer up an insta delectable dessert. Ooh, yeah. take, it away. take it away. Our first segment, the Amuse Bouche, is a delightful little game we play at the top of each episode. And to amuse your bouches, today we're playing a game we call Bone Block. Bench. Love it. Yes. yes. It's a variation on Mary Fuck Kill, if you haven't already figured that out, except we thoughtified it. Um, mm-hmm. Because one, we don't condone violence, so killing is just absolutely out of the question. Instead, we block them, uh, mute them, <laughs> delete them forever. And then Blocking tr- is violence, tr- Fran. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe in your book. <laughs> because you're blocked so she much. Never <laughs> um, two, we don't condone marriage either. Uh, so That's we true. incentivize a cold, polite benching of them, meaning like you just, you you know, keep them on the sidelines for now. Just like keep your eye on them. Like you might like revisit that thing later. And then the the third option, which is because we don't condone fucking, um, boning only. <laughs> um, we're all geniuses. Wow, this is such a great game. I hate this. Okay, let's begin. Um, our first ones, I, I feel like, is really easy. Chadwick Boseman, Mahershala Ali. And Frank Ocean. Uh, bone, bone, bone. Am I allowed to bone, bone, bone? No, Joe, you're Damn not it. allowed to do that. Damn it. This is really hard. Oh, I think I have to bone Frank because of his feelings. Really? This is Joe. Frank, be yeah. Frank for feelings. Wow. I'm benching Frank because oh. I feel like oh Frank goodness. is such a fuckboy and I just want to hmm. keep my eye on him. You know? Yeah. Because that's like... 
I'm just like I. I just I'm. I'm okay to keep my safe distance and fuck Mahershala's brain. I, <laughs> I was just gonna say you, and you know, absolutely block Chadwick. Less like a fuckboy. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mahershala. Frank seems Gershon like, doesn't give me fuck fuckboy though. You think? No, he gives <laughs> very me very emotional. Yeah, yeah. I well, that's why that. he gives me like someone you take home to mom. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's true. But is he someone you take home to mom? And meanwhile, he's on Grinder in your attic, like planning a hookup yeah. for later in that day. With your neighbor, like he fucks yeah, your neighbor. Yeah. On the flip yeah. side, Frank Ocean would give me some really sad sex, which I tend to enjoy. I love that. <laughs> and once again, so I'm definitely benching Frank. I'm boning Bozeman, and I am marrying. No, Wait, what is it? <laughs> I'm so deeply devoted to Mahershala Ali. I see wedding rings when I look at him. Yeah, fair. Honestly, it's fair. True. Let's do the next one. <clears throat> Drake, Miguel, D'Angelo. <laughs> block, this is block, all just block. to ruin Joe's life. Block, um, block, block. Dennis wants to block them all, and D'Angelo would... made me gay. So <laughs> D'Angelo definitely... literally made you gay, which is why he's in there. Like, I'm definitely boning D'Angelo. You're aging yourself. I am also yeah. boning D'Angelo. But Drake I'm... is the only one I know. So, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm really bad with popular culture. Oh, my God. I'm so watch, watch the untitled music video right now. I wish I could show but it I to mean, you right now. Also, like Bone Drake, you know? I uh, feel like they're all Drake. I would no, actually I would, love to Bone Drake. I <laughs> but I think I'm taking it first. realistically too, because if Drake was there, I'd bone him and then I'd be like, so, like, my student debt? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Can oh, we take yes. care of this? Yes. I think any of these boys could cancel out your student debt. Honestly, though. this game is just going to be like, yeah, I'd bone him. Yeah, I'd bone him too. Yeah, I'd bone him. <laughs> it's going to be like, a, yeah, it's just sex worker appreci- <laughs> appreciation podcast. <laughs> Truly. Um, but we love you all. You're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> I. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this next one's so stupid. Um, Kevin Hart. <laughs> I love Kevin Hart. Why? Joe loves Kevin Hart. The He's worst. so cute. Oh my God. Kevin Hart, Will Smith, <laughs> Lil Yachty. Isn't Lil Yachty like 12? He's Alex literally Alex is like that. he's literally twelve. He's literally twelve. So we're benching him because he's too benching young. Benching Lil, Lil Yachty. Wait, is he actually twelve? I don't, I don't know, know who that is. I would love to bench Lil Yachty and save him for later. I'm okay. We don't condone pedophilia. We don't condone benching those. He's under not twelve. Age. He's like twenty. <laughs> yeah, and after "Call Me by Your Name," there's really like intergenerational conversations yeah, going think on. Think in a in more room. European way, Joseph. Do as the Italians do. Joe is definitely boning Kevin Hart. I want to. I want to do. I want to do his fitness things that he does on Instagram. I want to oh go God. jogging with him, and then yeah. and then I want to have sweaty, hot jogging sex afterwards. Side note: Kevin Hart is the voice of your trainer in the Nike training app. <laughs> oh wow! And it is a horrible experience every time they like cycle through different trainers, and every time Kevin Hart comes back, I'm like, oh. Jesus Christ. Like, he's so annoying. Anyways. I really can't imagine him encouraging me to be more aggressive, but I also, I too would bone Kevin Hart because I kind of have a thing for short men who turn into zaddies. I'm like okay, really yeah. into okay, that. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then he, he's the only one I'm interested in. Okay, so this Block next one, this next one I haven't quite even thought out my own uh, mind on, but Gail Garcia Bernal, Oof. Ricky Martin, and Javier Bardem. Oh, oh, Ricky Martin bone. Oh, oh my god! Oh my wow! Yes, that we, was my first. Yes, he's still between fantasies. Well, I'm Puerto Rican, yes, and my family's like yes, super, super like Catholic conservative. 
And Ricky Martin was one of the first, like, queer Latino people that they could see. And Puerto wow. Ricans, yeah. like, they know everyone who's doing well that's Puerto Rican. And so I assume <laughs> it's true. It's true. They're like, hey, you know him? He's Puerto Rican. Like, <laughs> they root for anyone, anyone from the island. So when Ricky Martin came out, it was a huge thing in my family because they're like, Ay, he's Puerto Rican, but he's gay. <laughs> like, <laughs> And so it's real. Exactly. My mom said the exact same thing except so, like about Ellen because she was like, oh, she was so great, but she's gay. And so that's when I knew I could be a fag because Ricky Martin came out and then my family went to the Wingo Tango to see him in concert. Oh and I was oh like, I was like, I was like, if they accepted Ricky Martin, they will accept me. Oh my so God, yes. bone, bone, bone. Snap. Amazing. And you want to bone him to thank him. Yes. Yeah. Possibly <laughs> at the Wango Tango. Oh. Yeah. Oh. field trip. Oh yeah. And for Jesus, because we have to remember the Catholic roots. Oh, yeah. it's, all, it's all for oh, Jesus. Amen. We always amen. do it for Jesus. Amen. I mean, you spend a lot of time on your knees at church. So it's like Catholicism. It's really yeah. just it was conditioning you. You put, the, you put the wafer on the back of your throat. It's the body you know? of Christ. It's, like it's the body literally of, the, body the body of Christ. Christ. You get to eat your God. I used to gag on it, but it taught me. The body of Christ, the body of Christ taught me to and suck dick. I love it because they give you the wine too. So they yes. get you a little loose. Exactly. They give you the blood of Christ. You exactly. get a little loose and then you eat his body. They're like, we're getting you ready courtesy of the I love Catholic Church. We've completely forgotten about Gail Garcia Bernal, my husband. I know. I would also bone. And Gail Javier Bardem. Okay, so I am absolutely going to bench Gail Garcia Bernal because I want to play the long game with him. And I, I want to end up with him eventually. Wow. And I yeah. feel like oh. benching someone is like kind of the long game. Yeah, it is. And I absolutely would fuck Ricky Martin. And for similar reasons as Loma, like I remember watching like a 1997 live performance of Ricky Martin doing Live in La Vida Loca. And I remember he lifted his arms over his body to like dance a little bit and like just like an inch of midriff popped oh. out yep. from underneath that. his white, his white guayabera. And I was like, fuck. I remember that. And I asked myself, am I a suburban white housewife? I was like, I'm gay, yeah. <laughs> They were his audience, and I thought, fine, I am, because yep. I'm 100% here for this. That was it. I am definitely going to bone Javier Bardem. Wow, yeah. Gael. He looks like, I love that he has, like, one of those faces that's, like, hot, because it looks like he got hit in the face with a shovel. <laughs> that, that is my thing. I am so attracted to dudes who are, like, Hit in the face a with a shovel? Yes. Short. Shovel faced zaddies. Dennis, what did what did your what how how it's tall was your father so and what did he true. look like? It's so true. Um shovel face. Shovel face. I like I I love kind of funny looking men. I do. You really do. You yeah, it's I true. really do. That is that is verified. Yes. Um okay, <laughs> let's move on here. Um to the real the brass tacks. This is where we get we get serious. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Okay. Paul Ryan. <laughs> I knew Dennis. that was coming. I knew it was coming. Are we bringing back Kill? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Just for Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan, Sam Smith, <gasps> Casey Affleck. Oh no! Oh my no! god! I'm sorry, everyone. Oh, I'm not no. sorry at all. I'm never having sex again. One of you, you have to bone one of these people. Uh, oh. What was the middle Who one again? Joke? Sam Smith. Sam, Sam Smith. I'm boning Sam Smith. Oh, God. I guess I'm benching Casey Affleck, and I'm blocking Paul Ryan. I mean, it's just... Really? Yeah. See, I, Casey like Dennis, would love awful. to fuck Paul Ryan in order to ruin his career. Well, mine is... from there... Mine is not about ruining his career. <laughs> right. Dennis, oh, Dennis, Dennis just wants I to just, fuck Paul Ryan. I just 
think he's hot. Like, Dennis, I, Dennis doesn't want to take health care away from someone. He wants to fuck someone who's taking health care away from someone. Dennis is I, like, I do. please bother I'm, someone I'm else sorry. with your problems. I, I'm, I'm boning Paul Ryan. So then you're benching. I'm benching, Ka- I'm benching Sam Smith and I'm blocking Casey Affleck. Wow. Yes. You, yeah, I would bone Sam Smith. I like a sad white boy every now and then. <laughs> um, true. true. I mean, well, you got one sitting right across from the studio. <laughs> I'm nice Joe, to see nice you. Nice to meet you. Um, Casey, I don't know who that is again, so we'll bench him till I could Google him. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And then uh, Block is Paul Ryan. Great. Let's get even more serious here. Anthony Scaramucci, Sean Spicer, (laughs) Omarosa. (laughs) We're we're doing... uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I retired I, uh, a White House. Uh, I, I'm in a block Spicer oh bench Scaramucci because he's funny at least. And I guess Bone Amorosa. I would love to fuck Anthony Scaramucci. I would love, like, that seems would. wild to me. It would be yeah. wild. That would be such great in the right writing shit material. shit that he would say to you in bed. Oh my God. <laughs> he's really, yeah, he's yeah. gonna be like total top. Um, no, I think he's gonna be a nasty fucking bottom. Whatever and just say it is, the he's gonna be nasty. Shit. Like, one fist in me is not enough. <laughs> I am 100% here for it. I'll fucking ruin Definitely you. boning him. I'll fucking ruin Definitely you. One thing's for sure, him. I'm blocking Omarosa. <laughs> yes. Blocking, blocking Omarosa. I can't. I'm, right. I'm, wow, this yeah. was successful. Yeah. Great work. Was great. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you. For our second segment, we're bringing back one of our favorites, The Impure Thought. If you yes. don't know, An Impure Thought is a story in which a thought shares a salacious, saucy, cinematic, hilarious, hellacious, rambunctious, ridiculous Ooh, sex God, story. I know. Um, or all of the above, or either or. Um, but we're doing things a bit differently this week. Um, this week, the impure thought is why are you, you guys? Oh my God. So we put a call out, um, and we said, "Send us your imp- impure thought stories. We'll accept submissions for the next twenty four hours." And in those twenty four hours, we got. 46 pages of stories <laughs> that I had to sift through. And you loved every and minute And I of it. loved every fucking yeah. minute yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, Y'all, it are filthy. Filthy Y'all are filthy. Y'all are fucking we are, disgusting. We, just, we could not be more proud Everyone, of you. Everyone, just go get a penicillin shot just because you literally to the like just, you have just in, case. in your ear just from listening to the nastiness. It's I am gross. literally so excited to share well, this with y'all. And we've all got so many ideas now Ooh. about things to do. Yeah. I know. Well, truly, yeah, new things to try. You guys are absolutely in for a treat, and um, we're gonna try and get through a few. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what we got here. Okay. So this first one. A few years ago, I was studying in Ottawa, Ooh, Canada, <laughs> exotic, where all of the best sex happens. Yes. <laughs> I met a very handsome illustrator at an art show, which uh, I heard about from my friends. Mind you, I was hella out of my zone. Like, I was a student here. I was, like, fresh to uni. And uni means Ooh, uni. university. <laughs> um, and, out of sm- and out of a small town. So why not slut it up? Yes. Yes, yes, yes mama. Our, that's our motto. Let's call them Mark. Mark was flirty, so... And so, and I, and I was timid, so we decided, I decided to ask him out for drinks, to which he said yes. Mm. Great work, girl. Mm. Okay. 
Um, for context, this is like mid-January. So in Canada, this is negative 30 yeah. degrees Celsius. Can it anyone is, do some math? It is, oh, it is absolute zero. It's ne- so I, I lived in Minnesota. This is Joe for college. Um, negative 33 is where it intersects. Wow. So Celsius and Fahrenheit become the same at about that temperature. Wow. You're welcome, everybody. Oh, yeah, my God. It's horrible. That's offensive. So it is offensive. Getting to it's the bar- homophobic. Yeah. yeah. So getting it's to the racist. bar is hell. I'm snow and ice the whole way, and drinks were expensive. Fast forward a few drinks later, and, when, and we ended up going back to my place, which is Ow! just PG. Yes. I mean, you put in the it. money, you went outside, you bought yes, the drinks. This is an Absolutely. investment. A physical get, and financial investment. Get the dick wet. Yes. Um, I just moved into this flat and barely knew my roommates, but um, didn't think they were home. At a certain point, things are glorious. He's in his yeah. boxers. Yes. I'm fully nude. We're yes. grinding it up. Ooh. We start wrestling and tickling. Tickling. Honestly, yes. Okay, whatever gets you going, Mama. Okay. Um, Which escalated into me running out of my room because I don't like to be tickled, which is weird. Okay, so like he's not into the... So he liked to be tickling and then he didn't... So I guess he was tickled non-consensually. That's what we're getting (laughs) down to. And then he was not into it. So he followed him out of the room right because the tickling had escalated okay so uh, he runs out of the room still the guy naked. Cha- still naked the Ooh. guy chases him out the door i guess they wait 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 it, oh my God. it was out of the house oh no <gasps> the door oh, shuts no. no big deal the door shuts oh, they go back no. the door is locked <laughs> and his keys are left in his room oh my I am horrified. And they say 30 degrees Celsius. 30 degrees Celsius. And they say, to my naked horror, I also see that my roommate's lights are home are on. Oh, well, thank so their roommates. So this is a kind of a good thing, but also yeah. a bad thing. And they're like, fuck. So they literally have to break into he said, I literally have to break into my flat naked in negative 30 degrees <gasps> in the winter. Um oh, no. with I don't know. He said with a steak knife. I don't know where he got a steak knife. I have no idea. He said he's praying to God that the neighbors don't see him climbing into his bedroom window with a steak knife half naked. Oh (laughs) my God. Luckily, the window was already open. So after he cut the screen open, he got it and they all got it and it was great. Oh my God. That's horrible. Although I will say, um, being of quasi-Norwegian descent and my family's all from Minnesota, that like rolling around naked in minus 30 degrees weather in the snow is actually just a Norwegian pastime. Yes. Well, for those of us who are not Norwegian, that is that is hell. I'm like That's literally horrendous. the least Norwegian. Yeah. Could not be less Norwegian. I, my, so my I can't really relate to My doesn't like to go outside when it's less than 50 degrees on, like in New York, let yes, alone mama. this. No. Mm. Have you seen Stranger mm-hmm. by the Lake? No. You know how it's like sexy and then takes a wicked turn? I thought that's what this was going to happen. Like when there was a butcher knife, I was like, oh my God, oh, it's going to turn into a murder. Like, do we have to report this story from Instagram? Like, <laughs> I will tell you, there were, there were, well. we'll and then I there. broke into the room and had to kill my roommate. Oh my God. Oh my God. So no one would tell this story that I'm telling you right now. <laughs> um. All right. This next one was absolutely my favorite. They say, the first time I fisted someone, it was. <laughs> It was, it was during a girl gasmathon. Same girl, same. I don't know. Uh, a girl gasmathon at kink camp. Oh. And I ended up reciting a guided imagery script that I use at work <gasps> while it happened. Oh. She was... Meditative fisting. Okay. That's my sexuality. Ready? Wait, wait, wait. It gets so much better. She was twice my age. 
and an absolute joy of a person. And holy shit, was it magical. I will never forget the intensity of that moment. It was one of our first real interactions, other than acquaintancy small talk. Wow. Because it was kink camp. Like, they were just getting to know each other. It's like camp friends. And it absolutely cemented their bond. So, of course... yes. So, the next day, after this kink camp activity... I sucked the shit out of her cock before she fucked me on the couch yes! in the back of a leather bar. Our connection is no lo- So that is fucking hot, yeah, first yeah. of all. That is hot. Second of all, they say, our connection is no longer sexual, and she has taken up more of a mentorship role in my oh, life. my God. <laughs> That's so beautiful, which I am so grateful for. Kink camp is fucking magical, y'all. I love fucked up queer kinky family. <laughs> um... Fat field trip. I want to be fisted by my mentor figure. Dennis, I love you to death, baby, but I am not going to kink camp with you. I am so sorry. (laughs) Honey, that's not happening. I probably can't handle it. But now I'm curious about fisting. Um, Raise your hand at this table if you've fisted or been fisted. I have not. I have not. So Joe's the only person. <laughs> Joe's the only one. When it's Joe fine. met me and, and it both. came out that I hadn't been fisted or peed Joe was like, upon, "Let me help you." Basically, he was pretty shocked. I just, I just, as your predilection as someone who says, "I only am at home when I have a dick inside me." I mean, it, it feels like that's going to escalate to fisting quickly, but that's just sort of my. <laughs> that's you know. Let's let's raise the stakes a little bit here. Oh God, no! The stakes are already too high. Buckle up, boys, because I have a story for you. No. This is their words. Their words. I love this person. My boyfriend and I were driving across the country from San Francisco to Ohio, yes. mid-August, and we were camping along the way. Yes. We stopped down in a canyon in Nevada. Yes, yes, I said Nevada. Okay, that's how it's pronounced. Um, where we planned to camp, but as the brilliant sunlit day grew longer, we decided to make the trek up to the top of the canyon and pitch our tent mm. up there. Oh, pitch our tents. Yes. Mm. We were completely out of cell service, and there was no one there. What else is there to There do? were no cars to be seen, and we headed up a small dirt path. A couple hours later, after night had fallen and a big, bad full, mu- full moon in Gemini, first of all, uh, props nope. to you for knowing what yeah, the position of the moon that's was. That's shit. like fucking queer as hell. Um, hung high in the sky. We set up mm. camp and started feeling a little frisky. Ooh, creative yes. mining minor. <clears throat> creative writing minor here. Right? Yes. I love the imagery. I mean, she's trying. She's working on it. Yes. <laughs> Hiking, sweating, and all that hot stuff had gotten our juices flowing, so we only had one headlamp, and we inverted it against a Nalgene water bottle to fashion a makeshift no. lan- oh, lantern. My God. That's genius. <laughs> Fucking genius queers. Okay, anything yes. for a good for a good lay. Um, We both had a thing for outdoor sex, and we had a mountain to ourselves, mm. so we mm. thought, uh, or so we thought, oh. um, and and. We started fucking against a tree in open yes. air, doggy yes. style, hanging out of the tree upside down. All types of good acrobatic yes. shit happened with this yes. tree, okay? Um, right as we were both on the rise, yeah. upon climax. <laughs> getting my life. Um, Does this have to do with the moon or? At this, okay. at exa- exactly at climax, two big, burly men stepped oh. into the clearing from dense trees about 15 oh. feet away oh. from us. They had in their hands large hunting rifles. No! No! What? Oh my god. No. Well, this took a turn. Rural Nevada. Okay. 
seeing as how we were both fully naked, I literally had a giant dick inside of me and somewhat haphazardly wrangled our clothes. We somewhat haphazardly wrangled our clothes oh, back on and just kind of eyed them in terrified silence. We were both 21 and uh. both very tiny and twinky. These uh. guys had serious muscles. They were watching us too and stepped forward together as we got our clothes on. Uh. Hey, one of them said, we didn't expect to find anyone else out here. Uh. I can't remember what. <laughs> no, it's going to get hot. Oh, it's really going to get hot right this now. the beginning of, of a porn or a horror story. I okay. Love this. It wins the Lammy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I can't remember what we said because we were both in complete shock and trembling uncontrollably. And then they advanced a few more steps (gasps) and the vibe became extremely uncomfortable. Their body language was so aggressive and imposing that we felt like they were going to kill us or or assault us or something. I mumbled something, literally no idea what I mumbled. And after eyeing us up and down for maybe 30 seconds, and in 30 seconds, like a lot can happen. That is a long, 30 seconds of silence time. so much time. Um, Because it felt like a literal sentry. The, uh, The one in front of the in front, nodded his cap, and they walked further along the canyon. My boyfriend and I were still frozen, grabbed each other in blind panic, and when we realized that they had stopped just out of our view, we hurriedly ran, got the fuck out of there, broke down our campsite in under a minute, and ran all the way down the canyon. We got back into our car, locked the doors, and drove another 50 miles crying (laughs) and holding each other. (laughs) Oh, 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 one of them is a Pisces. Gemini moons are really hard for Pisces. That is, but that also really speaks so much to straight people, right? That, like, queer folk get, like, caught fucking in the woods and then our first reaction is like I'm gonna get 50 miles away from here get out oh my god truly terrifying this message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor Mercury Insurance if you're looking to save some money you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury it's quick and easy and in just a few minutes you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to mercuryinsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care. And even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Health care is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, You get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Couric here to tell you that my podcast, Next Question, is back with a whole new season. New guests, new topics, same curious me. My next question. My next question. My next question. So here's my next question. I want to talk about all the things, like how we're going to get to a post-COVID world. Can you even imagine it? How to heal from the trauma of this year and how to find and share joy despite it all. Join me for season three of Next Question with Katie Couric. New episodes every Thursday. Subscribe and listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Hi guys, Katie Lowe's here. You might know me as Quinn Perkins on Scandal. I'm also the host of Katie's Crib, a podcast about all things parenthood. Katie's Crib is back with new episodes every Thursday. We have got such an awesome lineup of guests. Michelle Buteau on having twins, Katerina Scorsone on raising three children, Kat McPhee Foster on being a new mom. We'll be covering everything from discipline to mombering. Tune in. Listen to Katie's Crib on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wow. I really was hoping for that to go a different I know. I wanted it to end up in a foursome. Same. Wow. Thank you. Y'all really absolutely came through with these stories. Thank you so much. Thank you, Murder of Thoughts. Num 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 thoughts. We've come to the moment where we start our thought presses, the meat of our conversation. And what we're talking about this week is one of my favorite things, something that's actually saved my life this year. Queer family. Now, I think when the straight world thinks about gayness, they think first about coupling, romance, and sex. The issue of gay marriage dominated the cultural discourse for, like, the last decade. But queerness builds itself around queer family structures. It's even embedded into the way we talk about ourselves and each other, from calling girlfriends sis to calling our lovers zaddy. Dennis knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) Always. It's Vogue House is built around a mother. It's us calling Alex Chi our gay auntie and him tweeting how happy it makes him feel. Duh. Duh. Um, Family is typically defined by kinship. My mother and father both gave me half their DNA, and that's why we're in one another's lives. But for so many people, coming out as gay meant the possibility of losing our bio family and being in the world on our own. Queer youth still make up the largest portion of homeless young people because of family rejection. In these circumstances, we turn to one another... And the things we often get from biological kinship, like unconditional love, mutual care, long-term emotional support, we have to get that from one another. I want to connect this to capitalism and how the nuclear family makes a more flexible labor force. I want to imagine queerness is inherently anti-capitalist then, and that allows for other modes of being. And I want to end, I'm going to end with something high and then something low. I'm going to end with a quote from Foucault from his interview called Friendship as a Way of Life, which is the classic, talking about how queerness actually opens up new possibilities for mutual care. He writes, perhaps it would be better to ask oneself what relationships through homosexuality can be established, invented, multiplied, and modulated. The problem, he writes, is not to discover in oneself the truth of one's sex, but rather to use one's sexuality henceforth to arrive at a multiplicity of relationships. And no doubt that is the real reason why homosexuality is not a form of desire, but something desirable. So it's like a little homo supremacy there for you thoughts. So thoughts. We're all single here. Um, Who's your emergency contact? Is it your mom or your zaddy? Oh my god, (laughs) that's like literally how I define queer family. Is like I know my emergency. I saw you put that in your doc, but I had written this before, so I was like, we clearly are both thinking about that. Yeah, I mean, like the the your your queer fam are the people that you can be embarrassed in front of or absolutely Mm -hmm. vulnerable or like wounded in front of (laughs) to me that is like that is the that is the the differentiation between just like being in a room with queer people Mm -hmm. and like someone who is like truly family Mm. um yeah but my emergency contacts are predominantly in california right now just because i've known those folks for like 20 plus years right right Mm -hmm. right so i have one friend from fourth grade that I still call every single day. Oh, oh my god. god. Um, yeah. Wow. Why don't you live in California? <laughs> That's love. Yeah. Do you guys find, do you allow your lovers to be queer family or is queer family strictly platonic? 
I would love to have that example of a lover in my life, but Same. I've never had someone where I'm like, yeah, you're ready to like meet my friends. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, or like, I feel like they would be as good as my friends. I remember, yeah. Yeah. I remember I, I had this, um, a few years ago, I took a two week long trip across the country with like 30 other people, 30 other creatives. It was kind of this like little moving train trip residency. It was like one of the most amazing bonding experiences I've ever, ever had in my entire life. I had met such amazing people on this train trip. And I remember um, telling my um, kind of like quasi internet lover at the time to meet me in San Francisco, which was at the end of the trip. And I remember being so high on all of my friends for two weeks that by the time I got there at San Francisco, I was there with this like kind of romantic partner and I was less excited about him. Interesting. Because mm. I was so high on my friends and I was like, you're not as good as my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was such an aha moment for me. So I would love that to have real. like someone in my life who amounts to the kind of queer companionship that I get from like all those other relationships. Yeah. But right now I don't I, I don't have that person. Yeah, it's really hard for me person. because I primarily get it from romantic partnerships. Like the notion mm-hmm. of family my, as like as like quote unquote radical as I think I like to try to be, I like actually just just mostly love monogamy and love living with a partner. But then, Ooh. I know, I know, sorry, everybody. Solidarity, I'm, I'm I know, joking. I know. I saw you looking at me, I was like, oh God, I, I have to speak, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> Loma, Loma and I are sisters on this. But it's but what I've learned is that, that I feel like my friendships are much more stable and long-term than romantic mm-hmm. partnerships. And like working through conflicts <laughs> with people who I'm not sleeping with somehow is so much easier than working through conflict with people who I'm sleeping with and have all these expectations of. And it's like when that wh- – one thing I learned very early in my life is when romantic partnership goes away, what you have mm-hmm. is family. And so you have to yeah. put in work with your family all the time, not because – you're, you need someone to pick you up when your heart is broken, but just because mm-hmm. that's those are the people that stay in the end. Yeah. yeah, for me, I feel that with my family in California, my friends in California, but I feel like New York, my relationships here are like more turbulent. But also like, because the city has turnover so quickly. Like people uh, come here for their dreams and then after a year, they're like, oh fuck, that was hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my dreams and suck. Then, I don't want my dreams Yeah, anymore. exactly, exactly. <laughs> So I feel like people uh, come here for like a year or two years and leave and friend groups come together and they disseminate. Like I've had two different friend groups since I've been in this city. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of my friend groups, I left last year um, because it needed to end. Uh, But I was also Mm -hmm. in a close monogamous relationship for about Mm -hmm. two to three years. And that just ended. So for me, I don't really have like queer family in the city. um, And I don't really... I I feel weird about uh, imposing that language on the relationships I have right now because all of, like, the deepest relationships that I have in my life Mm. have been less so about what I use at that moment when I'm relating to that person and more Mm. so about, like, the longevity. Mm -hmm. So, Mm. like, my friend that I said uh, I've known for, like, 20 years and I call every single day, there's been, like, some years where I didn't call her every single day and we jumped in and out and in Mm. and out of our relationships. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel maybe it's a Latino me that is, like... I've known him for 12 years. <laughs> and, like, and like that's how, and that's how I relate to people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I feel really is, protective about like who I call my, but I have a shit ton of friends here and I have a shit ton of love here. But mm-hmm. my homies that I've known for like a decade plus um, is 
And those are hard to... You don't know when they're going to build and when they're going to collapse. That is a very Latino thing, that kind of, like, ancestral friendship love. Totally. Which, like, they've been yeah. here for a thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, longe- that longevity does mean something. Wow. Like, it... It I mean, means it does. so little it does. to me. It's, isn't that, well. isn't that it's, so weird? I don't have... I don't really have... Fr- I don't have a ton of friends in my life that I've had forever. Like yeah. I off the top of my head, I don't really have like friends that I want to go back to all the time that I've had for like more than like eight, 10 years. Eight, 10 um, years is a long time though at your age. Friend. Yeah. That yeah. means you, you've known them since you were a teenager. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. Really? But I think for, I, I know so many people that are like, I met them in first grade. And like, I well, feel like there's so many friends like that. It's a class and geography thing for me because like, I grew up very working class and in a small town in the West and like everyone in my small town in the West stays there. And most old mad folk don't go to college or mm. they go college and they go back. It's like, so how like, could you relate? To I mean, well, I just don't see, mm-hmm. like, I don't, you know, and it's when you're 18, I'm, I was a very different person. So it's like, I don't see them anymore. We don't, it, not that I wouldn't relate to them, but like, we have no opportunity for connection. It's like, there was yeah. this dumb psychological study. It's like, what makes people your friend? And it's actually like having a lot of, um, uh, interactions with them that are like mm-hmm. very low pressure. So it's like you run into them all the time and that builds a certain intimacy mm-hmm. on which you can mm-hmm. build then a friendship, right? But to Loma's point, I think there's also a lot of intimacy in like long distance queer friendship as well. Like there's mm-hmm. a, like I have friends that mm-hmm. I have like a friend that like I, I will have like the most kind of like vulnerable or like opening conversations with and they live like 2,000 miles away from me. Um, and like I... Um, actually it's like a thousand, but anyways, um, small discrepancy, but like I call them and because they're so separate Mm -hmm. from and have such an objective point of view to like different aspects of Mm -hmm. my life, I feel like they're able to assess, help me assess my problems or we're able to assess each other's like kind of like wearies, um, easier Mm -hmm. because we're removed. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird. I like the, I like that certain, I, I like the, um, geographical, geographical and also like chronological, like separation a little so that mm. I feel like certain friends that I have that aren't necessarily queer that I've known for a while mm. can view me like in ways that are so outside of like this moment, mm. you know, cause they've mm. seen my different phases and my different patterns and they mm. know th- like when I'm lying to myself about it's like a mirror things. in a way. Yeah. Mm. Um, I have a question for you, Loma. What did it feel like to go through an intense friend breakup? Yeah. I was going to ask yeah. the same thing. Oh, Oh, they're going to hear this. Oh, <laughs> no. Sexuals. <laughs> They're gonna hear this. We're the worst. Well, listen. Okay, we'll get. Okay, we'll do it briefly. Okay. It was. I don't need the. I'm just. How did it feel yeah. for you? Did it feel like lo- liberating? Loss of a re- oh, really wow. liberating. Wow. Because the thing is, okay. So, long story short, I have a history of domestic violence, and one yeah. of the things with domestic violence is that we're like survivors. Is we're not always the best. Uh, naming our boundaries and naming our needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the times when I've cut people out of my life, it's because I'm discovering new ways to name my boundaries and name my needs mm-hmm. and what I need in relationships. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I cut out shit, even if it's like queer family for, you know, two, three years in New York, mm-hmm. uh, when I cut out relationships like that, it feels good. Because wow. I'm like, every every single time that I do a move like that, um, the relationships that I come into afterwards are ones that are more respecting of like my value and my worth. Oh, so I'm mm-hmm. really excited for that friend cut because the friends that I've invested in afterwards um, in the last year plus, um, 
have been so much more worth it. Wow, yeah, there's yeah. there's something that's just like it feels yeah. like exercise. It's just like get cut, like tying the loose ends of like having that person that's like no longer someone who can support you. Exactly. That's how you go from like domestic violence to not having anyone around you mm-hmm. who doesn't believe in you more than you believe in yourself. Oh, like, uh, I look oh my at God, so yeah, and, so true. And on that point, I mean, uh, all this aside, it's it was a tough thing for me to learn and then relearn and then relearn that queer people can hurt other queer people oh my god oh. Fran. because like you are pre you're you kind of naturally assume that queer people are safe and that's not always the case that is so funny because that is like kind of the opposite of what a lot of my experience with the queer mm. community was You've like only ever like, felt safe I felt safer around liberal straight people than I did around queer people for a long time. Part totally of it, disagree. I haven't seen a straight well, person. I mean, part in nine of it was days. that I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have much of a queer community until I got to college, and well, that same, be, yeah. and and that began to change there because I. But it's still only I really only had like a, f- a few friends I would say, in the grand scheme of things, who were really queer. And since I've moved to New York, it's interesting because now the vast majority of the people in my life um, that I see outside of, like, work and, and other sort of obligations are queer. Like, my entire social circle that I see on a regular basis, for the most part, is is queer. I have certainly other friends that I see who are writers and that I went to school with and who I love very much. But, um, and it's like... I don't want to go back. Hmm. Like, I don't want to go back to a different kind of life um, where the majority of people are not a rainbow mm-hmm. of colors and mm-hmm. a rainbow of queerness. Like, mm-hmm. that to me is, like, everything. Speaking of rainbows, there's, like, a really dangerous thing that happens, particularly in gay male communities, um, mm-hmm. wherein the queer family that you surround yourself with becomes, like, dangerously homogenized. <laughs> like, can you like can you think of, like, the person mm-hmm. who, like... I have I know someone who like they have like ten other like white gay male friends and like they loved each other so much that they all bought Tiffany rings together <laughs> <laughs> and they have Tiffany friendship rings and I was like oh my god I'm but, like I'm both rolling my eyes and jealous like if you lined them up in a line like they could all play each other's stunt doubles Dennis like that's like what they love <laughs> but I, I I'm I'm totally I might, I might be their one black I'm, friend I'm throwing them under the bus without actually knowing like the qualities of their relationship but my my kind of rounding to the point is that I think that there's something that can happen that's super dangerous when you surround yourself with just one type of gay or one type mm-hmm. of queer um, that kind of sanctions you it kind of cuts you off from so many different like nuances or points yeah. of view that you could otherwise have so that when you're struck with reality outside of your weird little homogenized gay bubble mm-hmm. you're reactive yeah. or you address something really problematically and then you have this whole gay bubble to kind of back you up and gaslight you and say like yeah you're right you're right you're right yeah um and that's like bad we talk about that with celebrity when you surround yourself with like only people who affirm mm-hmm. it's like one of the things yeah one of the things i think fa- one of the that's not queer family to me because one of the things that family does well is challenge like challenge yes, you it's exactly like, it's like more like a mirror to yourself than always affirming. Like I um, got an email from a friend today uh, who had hit me up a couple of times um, and they were really hurt that I hadn't hit them back. And I hadn't hit them back because um, the plans that they were suggesting I couldn't do. 
Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, well, I can't do that. And it slid out of my mm-hmm. email. But like, that sucked. Mm-hmm. And their feelings were hurt. And they said, oh, my feelings were hurt. And I had to be like, that was shitty of me. And like, that sort of interaction. Um, with people that you love is super important because it like mm-hmm. it brings you back to yourself and you're like oh actually I could have done a much better job at that mm-hmm. you know and so like for me one of the biggest things I look for in in family is accountability is like transparency people, and who people will say hey that hurt yeah, yeah and I mean. and like who are so my queer family is so excited for my victories right mm-hmm. like so supportive the yeah. biggest cheerleaders I've ever had mm-hmm. but also it doesn't put up with my bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right. And if exactly. I'm if I am coming at them wrong or if I'm like my head is a little gassed up or whatever, it's like they are the first people to be like, honey, check yourself. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and there has there's an added perspective to that, um, to that family as well, because I think just in general moving through the world from a more marginalized identity adds a certain nuance of perspective that um comes to you more automatically than it might to other people. And so then like if you have a good, critical, loving, honest queer family, they can tell you about yourself in a way that other people can't mm. because they have the language for it, they have the perspective for it, and um, they're, like, familiar with it in a way that some people aren't, which I think is, like, another thing that's really important about it. Hmm. I think I'm still kind of struggling to define or understand, like, what queer family means. So would mm-hmm. it be okay if we just yeah. say, oh God, how, yeah. what, how does that differentiate from, like, intentional community spaces or separated spaces or friendships? Yeah. I think queer family are the people that literally rescue you, rescue you from danger. Like, from like psychological... Like a good nonprofit? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Start on nonprofits, Loma. We gonna have a separate online conversation. I worked for too many nonprofits too. That bullshit. Dive into this nonprofit industrial complex. I know, I know, I know. Um, I, I, I really do believe that though. Like emotional danger, psychological danger, or actual, Mm -hmm. real, like physical, like take me to the hospital danger. Like, um, I think that there are, I think that there, there are people that will truly save you. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond any other person, I, I think that, and and that is because they care about you enough to do it. Um, but I do also think that there is like an maybe we'll get to this, but like there is also like an idealized version of queer family that is like such a fallacy. Mm. Um, that pe- that like people, I feel like we as a podcast get a lot of messages from you guys that say, mm-hmm. "I really wish I had." A queer family like y'all. I really wish I had friends like y'all. I, I hate really these motherfuckers. There are so many. <laughs> there are so many people that reach out to us, and I think they have. And like we do, we are family. We're really, really good friends. But I think they have this like picturesque version of like what we are, yeah. without realizing that they actually have access to that right in their own hometown, um, and that they can cultivate that family wherever they are. I can't stop thinking about family in relationship to like uh, being a series of needs, yeah. and for me the the one thing that I'm finding in common between like queer family and um, like our biological family is the lack of choice. Hmm. I think both of them have yeah. lack of choice, like our biological family, because we're born into it. Like we have no say, it's just, we pop out and we're, we're stuck <laughs> with some fuckers and that's our life. Yeah. But I yes. also think, and this was sparked by Joe's comment about, or when we were talking about intentional community spaces, and I was like, how intentional are these spaces? Like, what does it mean to have an intentional community space uh, or to choose to be a part of an intentional, what does it mean to choose to be in a part, a part of an intentional community space? Mm. 
if that space was formed because all of the violence is around it. Like, mm. queer spaces are formed because of our for exclusion, for survival, because of mm. the fact that we can't fuck in the woods without thinking we're going to die when we come across, like, two right. queer people. Like, mm-hmm. how how much of a choice is it that we're encountering, like, these queer families? So I think in that sense, both the queer and the biological families are defined by a lack of choice. A necessity. A necessity mm-hmm. to survive. Um, a desire to have our needs fulfilled. I just want to quickly round out this like conversation to a point, and I want to turn it out to y'all. And I feel like there's there's a temptation to like listen to this conversation about friends and chosen family, and kind of like look around yourself and be like, where the fuck are my friends, or where the fuck mm-hmm. is my chosen family? At least from reading all of the DMs and messages that we get from y'all, I think that I I would reckon that there is a lot of that reaction. And I just want to like think about a few things like one sometimes your chosen family or your or your queer family is in front of you and you don't even realize it mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. those people are there and in communion with you and in your everyday lives and you haven't even thought to like look at them and label that person as chosen family and there's something that's really beautiful and really binding about labeling them and proactively thinking about them in that way that um, might nuance the way that you guys have relationships. I also think that if you are someone who's like in a geographically isolated space, that there are ways that you can reach out to people online and on the internet um, because that might be your only resource Mm -hmm. um, to find people to be in communion with or to find people that you can relate to and that will be a long game. That might be someone that you might never meet for like five five or six or ten years or whatever. That doesn't mean that you can't cultivate that relationship. Um, but -hmm. also just like be open to it. And I think that's like my advice to myself too, is that like, I didn't really find my chosen family until I was open to it. Um, and like, and also like you have like friendships in your past where you're like, Oh, that was chosen family all along. Um, but it, um, but it is, it is, it isn't, it isn't until you open your brain and you're open to it that, uh, that they really step into your life. Oh, cheers. You're our family thoughts. Hi, honey buns. Are you <laughs> even ready for this jelly? Um, I'm not. <laughs> each week we go way over time discussing the main segment, like literally like an extra half hour over <laughs> and we have to edit all this shit out. Um, and we want to extend the conversation to y'all. So on social media, join us on Twitter. Every week we will pin a few thought starting questions to the top of our page. Um, so add us, get all up in our mentions, talk amongst yourselves and get some like extra, you know, nutritional value, some goodness in your thoughty diet. Um, on Twitter at Food for Thought Pod, as always, that's food, the number four, and thought spelled how? T-H-O-T. All right, queens, I feel like I'm full, but I could fit one more thing inside of me. Dennis knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 my bad. Come on in, come on in, His back is pre-arched, everybody. Just stays arched. I don't get arched, I stay arched, okay? Yes, done. New Twitter bio, new Twitter bio. This week's dessert, um, this like scrumptious little thing at the end of your meal is none other than um, Chelaman on Instagram. Fran, an Instagram influencer. Okay, here's the thing. I don't like influencers. I don't like thirst traps. And I'm about to 
recommend to you an influencer thirst trap. <laughs> um, in fact, last year I purged my entire social media from thirst traps. Like I only follow a very select few now because I want to be better for myself this year. Um, and one of those people that I follow is Chella Man, C-H-E-L-L-A Man on Instagram. They're a trans, genderqueer, deaf, Jewish, Chinese American artist, literally 19 years old. And I like uh. hate YouTubers. I really, really hate them. But last but. year, Chella Man um, created a YouTube channel that started to document um, in detail his transition in perpetuity. Um, and that includes things from like starting the very first day he started doing t- mm. t- testosterone to the day mm. he had top surgery to the day he asked his dad um, if he could start calling him as he instead of she. Um, and like the way that you watch his progression and his mm. growth over the course of this journey is like such a true testament to me to what social media can be and have actual real impact on other people's lives. Hi, my name is Chella Man, and this is my voice one day on T. Hi, my name is Chella Man, and this is my voice seven weeks on T. Hi, my name is Chella Man, and this is my voice nine weeks on T. Hi, my name is Chella Man, and this is my voice 16 weeks on T. Hi, my name is Chella Man, and this is my voice 25 weeks on T. Hi, my name is Chella Man, and this is my voice 26 weeks on T. Hi, my name is Chella Man, and this is my voice 28 weeks on T. Ah, and like, he's also just so hot and and 19, and it's like giving me a lot of really complicated feelings. And like, he's also like being picked up by like fashion shows and stuff. So he's like walking in fashion week and like that's creating more thirst content. And it's really hard for me. To be honest, Fran is only 26. So it is not that pervy of him. Completely inappropriate for him. Think more European Joe. Or Joe on the other hand. If it were my 35 year old Mm. college professor ass, it would not be that cute. But I mean, because he could be your child. He is. Mathematically, no, Dennis. That's not math. (laughs) He is genderqueer, but he's in a relationship with a girl. And it's like, this heart-stopping little like online relationship Ugh. and they do everything together and it's like so saccharinely sweetly beautiful and I want to kill myself. It's hor- I mean I will say that uh this is Joe. I uh since my breakup have been so disgusted by Instagram relationships, but <laughs> well I know Wilma uh, knows what I'm talking about. No, no, they don't bother me. I love really? love. <laughs> but I I say that when when I find a couple that I actually love, I know that there's something special there. It's something different because exactly. like the sort of uh performative the performative like couplehood now just makes me want to like choke on my own vomit. It's I insane. if they if they're of color and queer, I'm 100% for it. Anything else? Oh God, that and... is definitely not my standard. <laughs> I know. I know. I had to even unfollow some <laughs> of those people. I'm just saying other I mean I may not look all the time, but I will follow and whatever. But if they're not, then I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. But yeah, no. What I mean, Tell I find it's amazing. It, it's so, it's so interesting that a 19 year old can have such a focused vision of like what to produce mm-hmm. on. I mean, that is almost scary mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, especially when he was like 18. Yeah. He was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to yeah, document yeah. this. And I think that I, and it's funny because he's like learning in public and he's doing all these things in public. And there are a lot of reasons why like what he's doing is dangerous or can perpetuate certain ideals. But he's like so honest about where he is yeah. in his transition and, and how it's beautiful in his own way. Mm-hmm. And he owns it mm-hmm. solely for himself so that it's beautiful to the people that don't, that aren't there yet or beautiful yeah. to the people that don't see themselves reflected in, in Instagram influencership, which doesn't happen for trans people. I kind of yeah. like that, that we're talking about like learning in public and yeah. having an arc. I think so many times that 
we think about gender and we think about like our relationship to media, both in terms of like a destination that we arrive at. Like, so I transitioned from like A to B, or mm-hmm. I was like A unprepared to like produce public facing work, and now I'm like B mm-hmm. prepared to produce pu- yes, public facing work. And I like it more in terms of like a narrative and like mm-hmm. participating in like this narrative of like. Uh, me and my relationship to my gender, or like mm-hmm. me and my relationship mm-hmm. to my work, and I'm gonna fuck up, and then I'm gonna get, get uh, gonna get better, or do something mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and I like that yeah. framing. It requires so much vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that in influencer community, ugh, that word just grosses me out. There's so yeah. little. There's so little vulnerability, and there's so little like just good content like it's so there's such the word content bums me out yeah (laughs) but but this is what cella is making is art but it's also content and and there is something about his content that is literally life-saving and there is something about the way he is documenting his transition on a spectrum that is just I'd never seen before. Well, I'm also down for content as opposed to art, too. I don't know. (laughs) You controvert. You just bring it all the controversy to the mic. I'm sorry. But not everything has to be beautiful. Not everything has to be art. Exactly. Well, and or the the idea that some things that are art are not necessarily beautiful as well or they're controversial or whatever. And that's my sense. Like, the Instagram algorithm, like, like, absolutely like is racist and is absolutely homophobic and doesn't champion these people in so many different ways. So to watch mm-hmm. him break through that is just like, it makes me oh, hopeful for the world. Beautiful. That's what amazing. a good dessert. This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our partnership with Into, an online magazine for queer news and culture. You can head over to intomore.com for an extra little um, love letter from us thoughts. And our engineer, Alex Mead Fox at Spaceman Sound Studios, is the most amazing person ever. Thank you, Alex. We love you. I love your new glasses. They're so Yeah, they look so good. (laughs) I love your hot working man boots. Oh my (laughs) god. FYI. Dennis wants to fuck Alex, our sound producer. It's so fine. Bad. It's fine. I do. Our producer is young and hung and marched to the beat of her own drum. So props to you, Mama Alexandra De Palma. I want to fuck our producer, Alexandra De Palma. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co. on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Venmo. <laughs> I'm Joe. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. And I'm Dennis Norris II, and I have a chapbook out, a collection of four short stories, which you can find at my website, www.dennisnorrisii.com. And I'm Christopher Soto, also known as Loma. I'm the editor of Nepanla, a journal dedicated to queer poets of color, which is out May 1st, 2018. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, You can pre-order that at Nightboat Books. Yes. Yes. You can listen to Food for Thought on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, or we will w- work very closely with a very powerful witch and we'll turn y'all straight. Like, no, I swear to don't God, do it. Don't I will do it. it. I swear we to God. We can do it. Find <laughs> us on Twitter and Facebook at Food for Thought Pod and on Instagram at Gay Sluts Who Read. Sign up for our, our newsletter for episode insights, reading lists, and extra delectable content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. And finally, send us your questions. Thoughts, concerns, and dick pics at always. thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts spelled how? T H O T. Bye.
And and wait, wait, how do you say the reporter's name who fucked me yesterday? You didn't figure that out ahead of time before no. you fucked him. No. I um did not know how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because your math was full, so you didn't have time to practice. Oh my wow. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.